When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more fantasy today's episode is brought to you by flex fantasy and they want me to relay a message to you that they have cracked open the game of fantasy football to all when you sign up for a free account and download the flex fantasy app you can import all your teams from all your leagues across multiple platforms that you play on spice up your fantasy playing experience by challenging league mates or strangers off the street to a fantasy matchup no matter how or where they play and put your money where your mouth is by placing a wager on your head-to-head matchup it doesn't matter if you are on yahoo and your opponent is on sleeper you can import your teams to flex fantasy to face off you can even make wagers on who you think will win between other challenges besides your own so sign up for a free account and download the app to try it out at flex.fan this is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Oh, and welcome back to the show. You are watching and listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. It's a look ahead Wednesday here tonight. That means we got the first half fantasy football preview for week 14 the last regular season of their fantasy football leagues. That means the playoffs are almost here. For many of you, the playoffs have already started. Don't worry. We're going to get you through this week. I know everybody's biting their nails. They're all having panic attacks. I understand. Hopefully, if you've been listening to the show, you're more on the lines of the guys that are feeling like, oh, yeah, we're, we're locked in the playoffs. We might even win our division. We're get that first round bye. We're playing for week 15, week 16. Hopefully. But I know there's a ton of you out there who have to win to get in. That's what these two shows are going to be about. And it's a really interesting week to be this important with six teams on by. So you're going to see some names in some places that we don't normally have and just makes everything that much more wild. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. Thank you for joining us on our YouTube stream. Please subscribe if you have not done so already or stay up to date with the show when you're on the go and download us on your favorite podcast app. I'm also joined with my co-star, Danielle Dubois. Danielle, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. And of course, we got 
the one, the only Mr. Brian Scott of the Injured List Podcast. Brian, how are you? Hanging in there. Hanging in there. <laughs> Sounding better every single week. Little by little. So it's it's all it's all good. So we only got Brian for tonight. So we have a kind of I kind of doubled up with what we have to, games talking about tomorrow and today. Not all of it though. We'll keep you guys up to date on social media at Billy MDFF show. And if we have any more news updates for these guys, we will run through them at the beginning of tomorrow's show as well. But I have a list of guys that we need to talk about with Brian so we know exactly what we're getting ourselves into for this week or what we at least can expect from a physical standpoint. So let's go ahead and get into that. Injury inquiries. Oh. 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 Let's start off with the Jets. Michael Carter practicing in full today. Sounds like he might be good to go. Yep. Uh, taking off the injury report completely. So we should see him uh, able to go. Low, low ankle, not a high ankle. So you can bounce back pretty quick with these if it wasn't too bad. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll get into what the rotation we expect that to be with Danielle later on in the show. Traylon Burks concussion injury with a pretty bad one early in the game. So what are we looking for here? Again, with concussions, it's very subjective. Um, he did not practice today. I don't expect he'll be practicing at all this week. Um, you know, optimistic would be maybe next week, but really determined uh, will be determined by how he progresses through the protocol and once he gets cleared. Yeah, again, just it's very difficult for players to come back after one week this year with concussion injuries. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, now this one's one we're going to have to watch, I think, throughout the week. An ankle issue, wasn't practicing today. And if you listen to Trevor Lawrence, he says he's going to go, but he listed the coaching staff. They're not so sure. So what do you think, Brian? Yeah, so there's been a couple of conflicting reports, actually, on him um, today. One, was, a couple said that uh, he had an ankle injury. Um uh, they the team actually came out and clarified and said that no he's actually got a an injury to the big toe, um so it could be a something like a turf toe type injury which is not good, um those can be very those can hamper you quite a bit and take a while to get better, um so he didn't practice today it, you know pessimistically here this could be a couple of weeks uh, of him being uh, on the shelf now guy if it's not too bad guys can come back and play with it taped up and wrapped up. Um, but it, it definitely limits your mobility for sure. So if he does make a quick comeback in the next week or two, expect his mobility to be severely uh, hampered. Yeah, which really affects his fantasy ability. And we saw that last week where he should have been a smash matchup. And it was a very disappointing performance, quite frankly. What about Lamar Jackson? Another big time quarterback came down with an injury with a knee issue. Yeah, so they're calling it a PCL sprain, which is basically the ligament opposite the ACL. The good news about this particular ligament is that it's not one of the main stabilizers of the knee, although it does play a role. Um, guys can play with this ligament torn. In fact, a lot of times this is not surgically repaired. Um, it can sometimes scar in and heal in and provide enough uh, stability where it doesn't have to be surgically treated. So um, it really depends on how swollen his knee is, how painful he is. They're saying anywhere between one to three weeks. I'm kind of leaning more toward the three-week mark just because he's going to be sore and stiff for a while, and that's going to kind of uh, slow him down getting back on the field. And the likelihood is that he'll probably have some type of brace when he comes back, if it is within that three-week window, uh, because that ligament is still not going to be completely healed, but he may be good enough that he can get back out there. But I'm leaning yeah. more toward the three-week time frame. Yeah, and we, we know at Lamar, he has to be able to run and be able to do anything. So it, it, it definitely would make sense to me that they would take a little bit extra time before they're sending him out there because of that reason in particular, because uh, he's not out there for his passing skills. I, I can tell you that much right now. Uh, Jimmy G. So we had some back and forth on Jimmy G. And fantasy-wise, it might be done, but what do you have on the news with him? 
Yeah, so initially they were saying season-ending surgery for a foot fracture. I didn't specify what type, but there's been some other reports that came out today stating that they're not going to do surgery, and he could be out <coughs> Excuse me, anywhere between seven to eight weeks. However, if what they're treating is what I think it is, and what I think it is is possibly a Jones fracture, which you don't necessarily have to treat surgically, although in athletes the typical trend is to do that because it gives it the best chance to heal. You can treat it without surgery, but the concern becomes how long and is it going to heal? And so if you're confident that you can get this thing to heal, it's usually anywhere between six to eight weeks. But that's just to get the bone to heal. That doesn't even count getting it back on the field. So there's a slim chance that he could be back for the 49ers should they go deep into the playoffs. But as far as a fantasy standpoint, his season is pretty much over, as we talked about earlier. Yeah, and, uh, Daniel and I will be getting into Brock Purdy and uh, well, what the, all that could mean. Or actually, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Chris and I will be. That, cause that'll be tomorrow's show. But we'll get into all, all that and what that means, what our expectations will be for, for that moving forward. Uh, Kenneth Walker, he's dealing with a jammed foot. So please explain this to me, Brian. I, I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> um, some people said it was an ankle. Um, some people said it was an ankle strain, not a sprain, a strain, which you theoretically could do. You do have muscles around the ankle that could get strained um, and tendons. Um, and then some people said it was a foot injury. Uh, the head coach, um, Pete Carroll, and I don't really trust much of what anything he says, no. um, said it was a jammed ankle, whatever that means. Um, but he didn't practice today. <laughs> um, so you got to see what he's going to do in the next two days. Um, it could be running back by committee this weekend if he doesn't suit up and at least get a, a limited practice in. Um, but it doesn't sound too serious. Um, but I would just keep a close eye on what he's doing the rest of the week. Yeah, I would say that most it sounds like it would just be this week he would miss with a chance to still play this week from from just the vibes that I'm getting. I will say on a personal note, uh, I have him in a league that I'm already in the playoffs and going to win the division. So, you know what, Ken Walker, if you need to sit out a week, eh, I'd be okay with that. I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, let's move on here, though, because uh, I know a lot of people probably, they probably need Ken Walker this week, though, and that, want the exact opposite. What about Jalen Waddle? I believe it's a fibula injury, no? Yeah, you know, I saw that too. Um, I mean, I don't really understand what that means on an injury report. It's, they're just naming a bone, essentially. <laughs> so um, now if he fractured it, uh, different story, I guess. Um, but you can have a fracture of the fibula at the very tip, um, and that's more associated with a ligament injury. So essentially a sprain. And that could be what he's dealing with, which is why they reported fibula. I don't know. Um, he was limited in practice today. Uh, he did return to the game after the injury occurred, but he was kind of limited. Didn't play every snap. Sounds like um, he's, he might be able to play through it. So I would keep a close eye on how much he ramps up his activity heading into the weekend. But he could be on another snap count this week if he's not 100%, if he plays at all. Um, so keep a close eye on that one heading into the weekend. Yeah, we'll have to watch it. At least he was a limited participant today, so that's usually a good sign, especially on a Wednesday. Uh, moving on here, staying with the same team, though, to attack Lavoa with an ankle slash, I thought, pride issue. But uh, what, what's with his ankle? Well, it sounds like it's nothing serious. Um, the, the team said that had the game been a little closer, he probably could have played through it. But being that they were in a blowout and not on the uh, winning end of that blowout, uh, they decided to just sit him. And let's not forget, when he was in college, he had both ankles surgically repaired with a tightrope um, surgical uh, device. So um, this goes to show you just how good a surgery that is and how stable the ankle becomes afterward uh, because he didn't suffer any major injury from what they're saying. So we should see him, um, you know, um, I would expect to, that we will see him this weekend. 
Yeah, I would suspect so as well. What about Mike Williams? And they didn't practice today, but they said in an estimation report he would have been limited. <laughs> They're expecting him to practice this week. They're expecting him to play as well. Um, he was not playing last weekend again with a walkthrough. Uh, you know, we don't really know what he's going to be able to do out there. So, so certainly something you should keep a close eye on if you have him on your roster as to what his limited uh, practice sessions are the next two days heading into the weekend. That uh, is going to basically tell the whole story about whether he suits up. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep you up to date on social media at Billy MDFF Show, especially with that one, too. What about Dante Foreman? This is interesting to me because Steve Wilkes is saying that, well, he didn't practice today and he may not practice tomorrow, but he feels confident about him playing Sunday, but they're coming off a bye week. So how are you not practicing two days after a bye week and feeling confident about playing on Sunday? Well, um, you know, Foreman's been around. This is not his first team. He's been in the league several years now. Um, this could just be one of those kind of veteran things. Let's just kind of rest him, get him prepared. He doesn't necessarily need to be out there uh, preparing for this weekend on the field as long as he's watching game film. Um, he he was quoted as saying he's 95% certain that he'll be playing this weekend. So I, I see no reason not to believe him. Um, you know, it, I, I think they just gave him a couple of rest days here, but we should see him on the field practice field on Friday and I'm sure he'll be, um, padded up and ready to go on Sunday. Yeah, that's big news. Talk about somebody that needs to be in your lineups this week against this juicy Seattle matchup. Uh, what about Damian Harris and his thigh issue? You think he makes a return this week or no? I have no idea. I couldn't find much information about him. I, I was surprised that he missed. Practicing. Yeah. I was surprised that he missed last week. Um, he, he didn't practice yesterday from what I could find. And they have a Monday night game, so it does buy him a little extra time. Um, so something that, you know, if you have him in your lineup, keep a close eye on what he's able to do, if anything, heading into the weekend. But I, I was expecting him to be out um, for a very short period of time. I wasn't expecting him to miss any more than a week or two. So um, he should be back. All right, we'll have to watch that. Rondale Moore still dealing with that groin issue. Uh, I don't believe he's in practice today, so what are we expecting here? Yeah, I mean, this groin injury occurred week 11. They had a bye week, week 13. Um, there's a high probability that he could play this weekend because usually these things are not too uh, terrible to deal with from a receiver standpoint in the game of football. Um, team doesn't have uh, to list the injury report until tomorrow, so we don't officially know where he stands this week. Um, so, again, another one of those things heading into the Monday night game. Um, is that, is that right? They play Monday night. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, you know, keep a close eye on that because, um, uh, this could be a game time decision. This could be something that they, they won't kind of let the rabbit out of the hat until the weekend. Yeah. And, uh, well, I, I put Joe Mixon on this list, but then he wound up practicing in full today. So yeah. I pretty much answered the question about well, him. So he's still got to be cleared though. And they haven't said whether he cleared medically. So he okay. he's advanced through the concussion protocol to the point where he's full, but he still has to get cleared. I mean, if he, if a guy's going full, Likelihood is that he'll be cleared. It's just a matter of t- today or tomorrow, or tomorrow yeah. or Friday, especially on especially on a Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, the last one though, Cortland Sutton dealing with a hamstring injury, and uh, doesn't sound very good coming out of Denver right now. Well, you know, the thing is, as we've talked about many times here, it's a hamstring, so you never really know until you're able to test it out full. And they're saying he's day to day, and they're kind of downplaying the significance of it. But if you remember a few weeks ago, they downplayed Jerry Judy's ankle injury, and he's missed yeah. like three weeks already. So. Um, not sure if I'm buying what they're putting down, uh, picking up what they're putting down, but, um, you know, hamstrings, like we, we've talked about uh, notoriously take a long time to get better until I see him going full. Uh, I wouldn't expect him out there. No one's picking up what the Broncos are putting down right now anyway, across the board. So that's okay. All right, Brian, thank you so much for coming on. We are not going to have you tomorrow. So I want you to do a couple things for me. Where can we follow you at? What are you working on this week? Or do you have anything come up this week? And we will see you next week. Correct. Yes, I will be back next week for Wednesday and Thursday. Um, don't have much going on. Just trying to get better, trying to get myself off my injured list. 
trying to get my voice back to 100%. Um, I'm kind of limited still. Uh, but a couple of players I just wanted to mention real quick, Dan, before I sure. take off. Uh, we skipped over Dallas Goddard. Um, he's scheduled to come back from a shoulder injury and was on IR. Now, officially, he's actually not able to come back till next week. Um, right. so, which, is why it's, which is why I skipped over him, actually. Yeah, and that's, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I get it. And we'll, we'll talk about him next week. But th- there are a couple players that were ready to come off uh, IR this week. But because of a shortened week for the Raiders, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller are probably not going to be able to play. So they're going to kind of be pushed back to next week. But they're slated to come off IR and start their 21-day window. So at least those two guys should be back um, for fantasy purposes uh, if you have them on your lineup. So. Yeah, Waller will be an interesting one because the tight end position is so detrimental. He just wasn't good beforehand. And I think a lot of people thought he's going to get shut down, but then the Raiders were on this winning streak. So now it's like, oh, well, now we may not have to shut you guys down. And and what that could all mean for Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, who have been out of this world over the past month or so since those guys have been out. So there'll be a lot to dig into with that, too. One more big report. Matthew Stafford, cervical spinal contusion. Um I hate to say it, but this is probably career ending. Um, there's yeah. actually been some reports that he might retire. Um, so that would not be surprising if he makes that announcement sometime before the end of the year or maybe at the end of the season. We'll see. A lot of reports came out about that when they cleaned Baker Mayfield, kind of tying the two in. I'm saying, you know what? We're going to take our shot and see if we can find somebody for the future now because they don't have any draft picks. So it's going to have to be a veteran. It's going to have to be through free agency. And uh, yeah, the, the vibe, the vibe around that whole thing is just that Matthew Stafford may be done. He, he got his Super Bowl, he got his money, and now he was already somebody who was contemplating retirement when he was with Detroit and just held on a little bit longer because of that trade. I wouldn't be surprised if we've seen Matthew Stafford's last days either, especially dealing with this. He's had concussion issues in the past. It's something he's aware of. Yeah, this is a serious neck injury. Um, not something you want to mess with, and certainly the sport of football does not lend itself to to playing with that. So yeah. Really unfortunate from that start. I hope it's not. I hope it wasn't being the case, but for his safety, if it needs to be, then it needs to be. Uh, Brian, as always, love having you on, man. Great information. Take the rest of the week. Do what you got to do. Can't wait to see you again next Wednesday. Yeah, Dan. We'll see you guys then. Take care. All right. Sounds good. Again, that's Brian Scott, the Angelus Podcast. Make sure you give him a download wherever you listen to podcasts. A great, great show. He doesn't just talk about football. He does talk. He does all the sports, all the injuries that you need, and you can hit him up at Brian at host Brian Scott on social media. That way, if you have a specific question about any type of player, he'll probably help you out there too. All right, Danielle, we got our first half preview of Week 14, and it's a it's a shorter one than it normally would be. We only got seven matchups so we're going to talk about today's show our first segment is going to include of course the thursday night game we got between the raiders and the rams which should be a one-sided affair i would imagine then we got the jets and the bills we got the browns against cincinnati and the texans versus dallas so let's talk about our obvious starters to kick this off obvious starters welcome back captain obvious yes i am okay so uh, when it comes to obvious starters, when you get to this point in the season, kind of sound like a record repeating itself, but I guess it has to be done anyway. Josh Allen, our number two quarterback. So I'm not quite repeating myself because he's usually always the number one, but Jalen Hurts, after last week with a nice matchup against the Giants, had to take my number one spot. So Josh Allen, my number two quarterback overall. I know, ooh, so much lower, so much lower expectations for Josh Allen. The guy I do want to talk about who's in my top three, that would be Joe Burrow. When he has Jamar Chase on the field, 
He finishes on average as a top three quarterback in fantasy football a week to week to week. When this guy's got all of his weapons and he's humming right now, he's looking like a Mahomes. He's looking like a Josh Allen. He's looking like the elite of the elite quarterbacks right now. And for fantasy football purposes, there's no way in my mind you could take him out, especially when he has all of his weapons. Where are you at on Joe Burrow right now? Are you as excited as me or do you still have some work to do to get to that level in your mind? Oh, I'm so excited about him right now. He has been so hot and he had 30 points against the Chiefs last week, which is not an easy thing to do to get 30 fantasy points against the Chiefs. That says something about your talent. He is very talented. He's done great this entire season. I'm starting him. Absolutely. Uh, Obvious starters at the running back position. This would include Josh Jacobs, shocker, my number one running back on the week. Nick Chubb, RB7, and Joe Mixon, welcome back, sitting at my RB4. Now, Nick Chubb's a little bit interesting here. Does have a tough match against Cincinnati, who's been tough against the run all all year. And having 80-yard performance, I already went off about this during the Sunday Funday recap, only having an 80-yard performance against the Houston Texans is beyond disappointing. And you look at 80 yards, you're like, well, it could be worse. No, it really can't be worse when you have Nick Chubb against the Houston Texans. It really can't be worse. And Deshaun Watson's screwing everything up right now. Now they have to actually play against a good defense in Cincinnati. You can't bench Nick Chubb. He can't be any lower than my RB7. So all of that, from that standpoint, is irrelevant. But, man, you don't feel great in your confidence level of him giving you Nick Chubb-like numbers right now, or at least I don't. Yeah, it is a little bit concerning going into this matchup because it is Cincinnati that they are going against. And last week was devastating as a Chubb owner across fantasy leagues, multiple fantasy leagues. That was pretty detrimental to my teams. And so I don't feel the most confident in. But like you said, you're not going to bench him because it's Nick Chubb. And who else do you have on your team that will start that is better than Nick Chubb? Yeah, exactly. And uh, like, like I said, welcome back to Joe Mixon. It was kind of funny because I've I heard some people say, you know, are you worried about Samaja Perrine actually taking some work away because he's been so good over the past few weeks? And Zach Taylor said it best today. He's like, I'm pretty sure last time Joe Mix was on the field, he scored five touchdowns. I'm like, oh, yeah. The Cleveland Browns, one of the best matchups you can have for running backs right now, giving up points left and right to the position to begin with. We'll be just fine with Joe Mix and excited to see him get back up on the field. What about the wide receivers? Oh, that's right. Josh Jacobs, our RB1. Now Devontae Adams is our wide receiver one because they just touch the ball all the time. And the Rams, I know they put up a good fight against Seattle. That is just pride against your divisional rival. <laughs> I don't Defensively, without Aaron Donald, they don't have much to offer. Jalen Ramsey has not done well against elite receivers so far this season. I don't expect him to do well against Devontae Adams tomorrow. He doesn't even shadow half the time anyway because they play this idiotic defense that they brought Raheem Morris in a couple of years ago where he plays a star position, and it kind of renders him useless as far as taking away half the field, which is what he used to do. So I'm not worried about that for Devontae Adams. He's been on fire. He's the number one guy. Stephon Diggs, he comes on our wide receiver four. Again, not really much to say. The Gabe Davis breakout has not happened. Isaiah McKenzie's a nice player. Nobody to fret about. Stephon Diggs is getting double-digit targets a game. Let's talk about something more interesting that's also not obvious our category. That would be Jamar Chase going back to the Cincinnati game. How good did he look in his first game back with an injury that has a high-risk injury rate you know, probability, which which is a little bit scary from a week-to-week standpoint. But 
you're worried, okay, physically, are they going to really let him unleash? Are they really going to have him play a full snap load? And they did. And he looked, he looked like Jamar Chase. He looked like he never missed a beat. He's been out for a month. He didn't look rusty at all. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this... But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. He's just phenomenal. He's just a phenomenal wide receiver. Are you worried at all about him getting re-injured? You know, is there anything about that sway you're thinking? You're, you're making sure you have backup options or you're just like, look, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase, and I'm not worrying about the rest. I'm not too worried about him. I mean, overall, he is Jamar Chase, and he's incredible, and that's that's all I can say about that. He did he had 16 fantasy points last week against the Chiefs, which is pretty dang good for your first week back after missing multiple games due to that high risk of an injury, like you said. So while he might get re-injured, and while that is a little bit concerning, it's not enough of a concern for me to have any other worries if I should start him or not. No, I just I was blown away with how he performed in his first yeah. week back, and I called myself an idiot for draft for having not drafting but ranking T Higgins a couple spots ahead of Jamar Chase, thinking like, okay, well, it still might be Higgins leading the way. Maybe Chase wants to be in a decoy. No, 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 that was stupid. Chase always ahead of Higgins all the time. Uh, CD Lamb also comes in at my wide receiver eight. You have to play again. In another situation, you have to play these guys. That's why they're the obvious starters because no matter what happens, you're playing them. But am I a little nervous that it's the Houston Texans? And even though their defense isn't what dictates passing games, taking a hit, does game script can? <laughs> and this is basically my note that I have for Dak Prescott, too. So am I a little bit nervous about that? Sure. But in this situation, it doesn't really change anything as far as what are you doing with CeeDee Lamb or what you expect out of CeeDee Lamb or it doesn't change anything of what I'm doing in the rest of my rush construction either. Uh, the good news here. Dallas Cowboys did not sign OBJ. And even if they do, we won't see him till the playoffs because his ACL injury, shocker, is something that's going to take him a little bit longer to heal from than most ACL injuries, which I don't, I've always thought was the case. And for some reason, people are just ignoring that. And Dallas found out in a physical, like, oh, yeah, you're not going to be ready till like January. So we don't have to worry about that from a fantasy standpoint, at least either. Danielle, we're just going to jump right into the, the lock of mints here. Lock them in. It's a lock. Now, I talked about being a little bit concerned about Dallas in the passing game because, well, the game script dictates that it's so. One of the, re- one of the things I'm not concerned about <laughs> is the Dallas Cowboy backfield. I got Tony Pollard at RB13. I got Ezekiel Elliott at RB15. Am I too high? Or are you just like, yep, nope, they're both high in RB2s? No, I agree with you. I think they're high in RB2s. I actually have both of them on a few different teams of mine and I love them both and they split up the work great and they can get the job done. They'll get you 16, 18 points a week and that's what they're made for. They're great. Yeah. Here, here's the key of what's going on right now. So Zika Elliott, he's back in action and taking his, his, his full workload again, but 
They're limiting him at about 53 to 55% of the carries, which is great. Tony Pollard only needs 45%. As long as he can hit that 45% mark for the position on the carries, he will be continuing to be an RB2 because he'll be able to hit those big plays. And he's still leading the way as far as pass catching goes. So, yes, it's a little bit annoying. You have a little bit of a DeAndre Swift complex where you get inside the five and it's a Zeke Elliott time. Sure. But in matchups like this, with the touches he's still getting, it's no longer the situation we had in our hands where at times Zeke would just lead the way and Tony Pollard would get stuck with single-digit touches. We're, we seem to be past that point, at least, while Zeke, they're trying to get him healthy to the playoffs. So I think we're good there. I, I do have Pollard ranked actually two spots ahead of Zeke this week, and that's because against Houston Texans, I suspect he'll hit a couple of big runs and a couple of big plays. But yeah, you definitely feel confident about playing both these guys. I got them locked in as top 15 options. At wide receiver, I have Garrett Wilson. Even though it's a tough matchup, Locked in at wide receiver 16. What do you think about that, Danielle? Yeah, it is a little bit shocking about how high you ranked him. I don't necessarily think I would have ranked him as high, but at the same time, he's really great. And he's shown for two weeks that he can get 24 and 26 fantasy points, which is pretty great when you think about the wide receiver role. And he also did that against the Vikings. And that's pretty hard task to do. The Vikings are a good team this year, and we all know it. So the fact that he did put up 24 points against the Vikings is pretty impressive. So while the Bills are a tough matchup, if he can put up those kind of points for the past two weeks, I think that he should have no problem going into this matchup. Yeah, here's why I'm not worried about the Buffalo matchup. Weeks one through three, he was the wide receiver 15. Weeks 12 through 13, he's been the wide receiver three. What do those games have in common? Zach Wilson is not the starting quarterback. Weeks where Zach Wilson was a starting quarterback, weeks four through 11, wide receiver 52. It doesn't matter what matchup he's playing. It doesn't matter who he's up against. As long as they have Mike White or Joe Flacco or anybody not named Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson is a top 20 play. Because what it's not just because he's good, and that is, part, of course, part of it. The other part of it is that the Jets throw the damn ball. You had Mike White throwing the ball 50 times last week. So it wasn't always pretty. It wasn't the most efficient. But the volume got you there. With Joe Flacco those first three weeks, the volume got you there. When anybody with Zach Wilson plays, Jets quarterbacks throw the ball between 40 and 50 times. It's what they do. I don't see why this game against Buffalo would be any different. So even if it's not efficient, even if it's not always looking pretty in the first half, trust that the volume will get you there because that's been the pattern for the Jets. And that's why Garrett Wilson, I'm locking him in as a top 16 option. I'm also locking in T Higgins as a top 15 option. Shocker, shocker. Yes, we love the Bengal wide receivers, the Bengal weapons. Don't Schultz. I'm locking him in. This is the highest I've had him ranked in a while, even though he didn't really do too much last week. As a tight end four this week. (laughs) So I've, I had to talk about the tight ends in the Sunday Funday recap. I had to talk about tight ends during our, our Tuesday show when I did the heroes and zeros. And, and the theme that I came out saying was, look, tight end position, when it came to our thumpers and bummers and our heroes and zeros, had to be loosely defined this past week because it was off Greg Dolchich, who was the number one tight end, had 80 yards, no touchdown, five receptions. And that made him the number one tight end of the week. That's what we're dealing with right now. That's how bad it is. So when I look at Dalton Schultz and I call him a tight end four overall, I'm just like, you're one of the few guys that I know will get 
six to nine targets, have a possibility for a touchdown. And right now, that is gold. So, yeah, he's a tight end four for me. Danielle, help me out on this one. Now, I played a couple leagues where we, we made this switch, and I think this is something that needs to go out for everybody. There's leagues out there that they want to get rid of kickers, they want to get rid of defenses, and I'm, I've usually been a proponent against that. But I still think it's valuable positions that should have points, and it affects the real game. It should affect your fantasy teams. No one uses tight ends anymore unless they're named Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews. Flex that position. Make it a wide receiver tight end flex. Make it a full flex. I don't care. Stop with the nonsense of having to play tight ends that you're praying for three or four full point BPR points out of just to have a pulse. I'm done with it. I'm over it. Help me out. Yeah, I I agree because it's it's just been bad all season. And every single week we come on hoping that maybe there's something big to say about a tight end. And there's not. <laughs> it's just been truly a very disappointing year for tight ends. And the only advice is to take the ones that you know are going to get a good amount of targets and hope for the best. And you move on. You're not going to be really too worried about the tight end position at this point. It, it, it's never been great from top to bottom. But it's getting worse over the years as teams are getting more and more spread happy and wide receivers are emerging more. Titans are getting used less and less. And I just, I, I can't, I can't, I can't be forced into this anymore. I just can't. All right. So let's talk about our lookout for players. Look out for. While we're high on Josh Jacobs and we're high on Devontae Adams, I still have Derek Carr as my QB 15 this week against the Rams. Card himself does not have to put up good numbers for these two to go off. And that's part of the issue here. And the Rams do play a nice defense of they keep things in front of them. So Derek Carr, I'm not looking for more than one or two touchdowns. Not really a big ceiling. And I'm just not that excited about the guy in general. That's kind of reflected in my ranking. And I just think you can find at least 12 other guys who are better than Derek Carr this week, in my opinion. No, I, I, I agree. And I, I was riding the car train last season and he just really impressed me because he was like really high in passing yards for a while there. And I was like, no, he's good, guys. And everybody was like, you're stupid. And now I agree with them that I was really <laughs> stupid because I just can't really watch him. He's very infuriating as a quarterback. So it's it's very hard to watch, especially if you have him on your fantasy team. I don't, but you do. I'll pray for you. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't expect too much from him, but he's not the worst option. He's not the worst option. He's had had, had a good month of the season. We have to definitely yes. recognize that. But this is just a guy that once you trust him, that's that's when he duds you out. And I'd rather have a Tyler Huntley type than a Derek Carr this week. There are other options that have kind of emerged due to some injuries that I'd rather go in that direction. So just kind of, kind of keep that in mind. Uh, Dak Prescott. So I kind of already mentioned what my big note for him was going to be, which it's game script dependent. Now, he's been solid. He's had either two or more touchdowns every week since he's come back from injury. Very, very solid. I got him right to QB 11 to pretty much reflect that. I'm still lower than the ECR because, again, against Houston, what did we just watch on Sunday night? We watched the Dallas Cowboys steamroll the Indianapolis Colts, running the ball and playing defense. Tell me how it's going to be different against Houston, who's even worse, believe it or not, than the Indianapolis Colts are. I don't care if it's Davis Mills or Kyle Allen, a quarterback. It does not matter at all. 
I don't know how much Dak is going to be asked to do. I don't know if Dak throws the ball more than 20 times in this game. So it sets up for a real uneasy feeling. But at the same time, I don't know if you can have him any lower than still a top 12 starting quarterback. So, Daniel, I'd love to hear your thoughts here. Yeah, I'm kind of exactly where you are at this point because it, they don't have to throw the ball more than they have to. They won't. They have Ezekiel Elliott and Pollard, which are two great running backs that will get the job done. And if your defense is scoring almost every other drive, then there's really no point to make those long passes down the field and just have Dak rack up numbers. That's really not useful, but he will give off pretty average numbers. Still in the game last week, he did get put up 16 fantasy points. So it was like pretty average if you were to have him on the team. Definitely don't expect too much from him, obviously. But if you have him, you're going to start him. Yeah, this fact cracked me up when I saw it. The Houston Texans have given up the second least amount of points to the quarterback position. Second only to the Philadelphia Eagles, who are actually legitimately a very good defense. If that doesn't tell you all you need to know about what the kind of game script everyone, and I mean everyone, has been playing as Houston Texans, I don't know what will. The fact they've given the second least amount of points at a quarterback, and it's not because their defense is good. All right, let's move into our running backs here. Oh, yeah. So this is where our lookout for running backs are real, real interesting, especially when we start talking about the six teams on by. This is where it really plays a factor. So I got the Jets running backs to talk about first. We already got the clear, all clear for Michael Carter. He's off the injury report. Good to go. I got him at RB29. I got Zonovan Knight at RB30. Now, the quick note here is that James Robinson's not a thing. That was made certain this past week. He was active, and Zonovan Knight dominated the backfield. James Robinson, I think he played single-digit amount of snaps. It wasn't even out there at all. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's inactive this week now on Michael Carter's back. There's a two-way committee between Carter and Zonovan Knight. PPR-wise, full-point PPR-wise, Carter's a fine flex play. because good Again, going back to the volume, Mike White, who does like to check the ball down, he should be in line for three to five catches in this game against Buffalo, maybe even more if they have to come back from behind. So I think he's a solid flex play. The guy I think is a little more interesting is Zonovan Knight because this is a tough matchup on paper. We do know he gets the early down roll, but then I start to look at the other names here on the list, and I'll put that graphic up for you again. After Zonovan Knight, I got guys like James Cook and Devin Singletary. We'll talk about it in a second. I got Kareem Hunt. I got the Ravens running back, so I don't even want to play at all. I got Chuba Hubbard, who I don't really want to play that much either, who's the back of running back, but in a kind of a committee situation with Dante Foreman. Those are the options. So as a result of that, I think Zonovan Knight is actually a viable flex play. What do you think? Yeah, due to the other options and due to the weird uh, bye week that everybody is having, Zonovan Knight is a good player to have in there. We haven't seen that many games from him in like in a lot of statistics so it is kind of hard to base on how he's going to do but he has a lot of potential got 16 points against Minnesota like I said earlier it's not an easy thing to do so I do feel pretty confident going into Buffalo he's not going to get the most outstanding numbers but you can't expect him to I think he'll be an average running back to fill in where you need a flex player if you need to because of the bye week definitely start him if you can grab him or if you need that fill-in spot this week. All right, we got a ooh, we got a big question coming in here from uh, Gostard here. Uh, Walker the third, if he's out, I'm looking at Latavius Murray or Rashad White or waiver. 
Cook, Foreman, Knight, etc. White won my matchups uh, three seconds ago. Uh, Edwards, Akers out there too, or Dobbins. So there's a, he's got a lot of options actually available on his waiver wire. Wow. First, and, first and foremost, um, you're definitely taking Dante Foreman and you're playing him over either Latavius Murray or Rashad White. I have him ranked inside my top 20. Both those guys hovering around the low and high, low and RB2, high and RB3 range for me. And that's that's if Kenneth Walker is out. So for me, if it's just a one-for-one one replacement, which I think is what his question ultimately is, uh, it would be... It, it would be... Um, Dante Foreman for me. So out of that group, Danielle, what, what are you seeing? Do you agree or you got somebody else there? I'll put it up for you guys. I, I actually just picked up Foreman because for some reason he was still out there in a good amount of my leagues and I love him and it's been a great decision. I did that a few weeks ago and it has been very, it's been a great blessing ever since. So I recommend it. Yeah, I highly recommend it too. Speaking of the Buffalo backfield though, so James Cook, just when we thought this guy was down and out, and they traded for Naeem Hines, and we're thinking to ourselves, he's he's not going to play. That was that was that's what sealed the deal. Apparently, they don't, they're not going to trust him in pass protection. He's not going to get the opportunities. They traded for Naeem Hines to apparently play James Cook. Uh, that's, that's the only you know only thing I could come up with. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me, but that's exactly what's happened. His usage was already trending up over the past couple of weeks, and then last week, not only does he out snap Devin Singletary, he out carries Devin Singletary. And he's very explosive. Like, I never doubt his talent. He's never going to be a guy who can f- hold up owner a full workload. He's not built that way. Devin Singletary will have to be involved. And that gets reflected in my ranking as such because I have James Cook 31. I got Devin Singletary sitting there at 32. But the headline here to me is that James Cook's ranked ahead of Devin Singletary. What do you think? Yeah, it's interesting to see the way that Buffalo works with their running backs because it's very hard to predict as a fantasy owner because they do go back and forth as to who's going to play more snaps. And Hines is just useless in Buffalo. Don't really know why they even have him on the team. But considering his matchup last week and considering how well he did, I would definitely start him if I have him against the Jets because that should on paper be a really great matchup for Cook and for the all of the Buffalo running backs on paper, technically. And he got Cook got 16 points last week. It's great, great numbers. And with everybody in the bye week and many running backs out because of that reason, I would start him if you have to. Yeah, absolutely. Here's a guy that we got to look out for. He is inside my top 20, though. So basically, you're going to have to play him. But Damian Pierce, who comes in my RB19, as you can see on the graphic there, he got 18 carries last week. We got back up to the volume. That's that's the good thing. That was step number one, because we had a game of 10 and 5 before that. Only eight yards apiece for both those games. This past week, he gets 95 scrimmage yards. Okay, cool. But this week... When you're playing against Dallas, and you just watch him hold Jonathan Taylor in check, and again, the Colts are a better team than Houston is, it definitely leaves you uneasy. However, I will throw up the graphic yet again. After Damian Pierce at 19, we're talking about Raheem Mostert, who's in a split, theoretically, with Jeff Wilson, even though they have a decent matchup. You got James Conner playing against the Patriots. That's a horrible matchup. You got Isaiah Pacheco against Denver. That's a horrible matchup. You start to look at this and you go, look, you got running backs who either have really bad matchups like Damian Pierce or are not in a situation where they get promised the same kind of workload. So ultimately, he wants to be in my top 20, but I do think there's room for a floor here. Yeah, and kind of to counter this, I honestly would rather start Cook than Pierce this week. 
just because of matchup and from what I've seen and if Cook is used like he was last week. But that's my personal opinion. Um, I think they're both very talented. If you have them on the rosters, you're going to be playing them. But I don't necessarily think I'd be going out on waivers trying to pick up Pierce if he is out there. Yeah, and you know what? You might you might be right. And we update our rankings on BillionFantasySports.com all throughout the weekend. That might be somebody that I do move down because Danielle just pointed that out. Victor coming in. Hey, Dan and Dan. Well, hey, Victor. Do you like Greg Dolchich against the Chiefs or Njoku against the Bengals this week? My mind is telling me Dolchich don't trust Watson with Njoku thoughts. Well, first of all, your tight end situation is better than most. <laughs> Let's just put that out there right now. Uh, as sad as that is, that part is true. I do have Greg Dolchich ranked a couple spots ahead of David Njoku. Actually, one spot ahead of David Njoku this particular week. So it is close. You can't trust Russell Wilson either for the record but we've at least seen greg dolchich have good games with russell wilson we haven't seen deshaun watson have a good game yet with cleveland granted it was only one but it was a horrible one so while i think that thing gets itself corrected out at some point i don't know how much i want to ride cleveland and its weapons especially its past weapons if i do have another option to pivot to so i am going greg dolchich there what are are you doing danielle yeah Tight ends, I mean, I feel like you could technically go either way, but purely because of the quarterbacks and going off of what we have seen from the one game for Watson and from the entire season with Wilson, I'd probably say Dolchitz. But either way, it's a tight end. You can't expect too much from them. Yeah, just yeah, don't, don't come knocking on my door because, you know, great <laughs> Dolchitz done it out for you or anything like that. Um, I will say playing against Kansas City, that does tend to help a little bit as well. All right, so let's move into our lookout for wide receivers. Oh, Gabe Davis, I had such high hopes for you. I thought you'd be a breakout king. I thought you'd be a touchdown maniac. I mean, technically, he's going to he's gonna hit the double-digit touchdowns. Like, that, that's going to happen. But, man, six targets and average? That's not what I expected at all. And what we found out is that he either has a lot more developing to do as far as his route running goes or they don't trust him to actually ever be that guy. They only want him to be the blocker who runs straight and runs deep and is a red zone threat, and that's it. That's all they want him to be. I don't know which one's which. I do know he doesn't get a lot of separation on the routes you expect him to for a guy who's as explosive as he is. He should be getting more separation on give and goes. He should be getting more separation on the deep end, and it's not really happening because, well, apparently he's got stiff hips. He's still my wide receiver 29. It's the Buffalo offense, and he can hit a big play at any given moment. But that that's what he is. He's going to probably range between my wide receiver 29 and my wide receiver 35 on a week-in, week-out basis, and you're dealing with a roller coaster ride of a huge ceiling with a low floor. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. 
Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yeah, he's been a disappointment to say the least because, yeah, I've talked about this before on the show and he had his high and ever since then just hasn't been able to hit that. Just looks not great when he plays. It's just it's kind of terrible to watch if you immediately picked him up after that bad game and just have to have him on your bench at this point because what else are you going to do with him and you're most likely not going to start him because you know exactly what you're going to be getting and it's probably going to be seven to eight points and that's not something you need from a wide receiver on your team so definitely don't feel super confident in playing him by any means. Yeah, but again, six teams on by, so we'll see what your options are, too. Oh, we're going to talk about Amari Cooper. Guess what we're going to talk about with Amari Cooper? Oh, yes, that's right. This thing called Deshaun Watson is just hovering over everything in Cleveland. So Amari Cooper, who I normally have ranked in that, like, 10 to 13, 14 range, I got him all the way down at wide receiver 19. Here's the good. I want to give you some good news. Here's the good news about Amari Cooper. He had 11 targets his first game with Deshaun Watson. That's the good news. The bad news is seven of those targets were 20 feet away from him. Anyway, <laughs> the targets have to get better. That plain and simple. I believe it will get better. At least Watson already made a point of you're my go-to receiver, and I'm going to treat you as such. And therefore, I do believe you can have some confidence in playing Amari Cooper for the volume purposes because. Cincinnati has scored points against Cleveland. Cleveland's defense has not been very good all year long. They haven't been able to stop anything on the run or through the air. They're going to score points. Cleveland will have to come back from behind, I believe, in this game, especially in the second half. There will be volume as a result that will work towards Cooper's floor benefit, making him a wide receiver, too, for me. But I don't have him much higher than that. Like He's not inside my top 15. Yeah, with Watson clearly identifying the talent in Cooper, and he knows what kind of wide receiver Amari Cooper is and he's a great he's a very talented wide receiver and it's purely just Watson that is the issue but hopefully it just takes a little bit while time to break in hopefully that one game was a break-in game and he really finds Cooper this week because I know a few people who have him and really important games this week going into the playoffs so I have high hopes for him but I am just a little bit cautious of the quarterback that we have with him that's what really sucks. That's what really sucks about having six teams on by this week. Because you don't really feel good about the options once we get past like the 15th, 16th spot in these positions. You don't feel great about any of these guys. I'm saying they're, they're all in positions that we wouldn't normally have them in, but we have to rank them as if they're trustworthy options. Like, remember the days when the NFL had bye weeks from weeks four to week 12? Can we go back to that? Or can you at least make it week five to week 13? Like, it's killing us. It's killing us. Or at least have two teams. You had two teams on bye last week. Make it two teams on week 14. Why is it six? We pay your bills, NFL. At least that's what I tried to say anyway. All right. <laughs> so enough of that. Michael Gallup, he comes in my wide receiver 34. Yet another guy who falls into this wide receiver three category. You got to pray to God for a touchdown. But that's not really much different than most of the guys in that territory. The good news is he scored two last week. And while he's been somebody who's been trying to physically get back to where he was, we've seen evidence of that now. Seven to eight targets over the past few weeks. He's been getting, looking more like his old self. We know OBJ is not going to be a factor at any point this season. So we might get to see Michael Gallup start to become that red zone threat. So we can contemplate him as a boomer bust option. What do you think, Danielle? 
Yeah, I would definitely consider if you have him, definitely play him. And if you if he's out there, grab him for this week because I'm assuming that you're one of the people affected by the six-game bye week and you need an option. And I feel like he'd be a really good option. He's going against the Texans. Great matchup for him on paper. On paper, you never know. But he did have 18 points last week for fantasy, which is pretty good. And that is great for a wide receiver, especially for six by teams. So I definitely would play him or get him if you can. Yeah, I agree with that. Foster Moreau was our lookout for tight end. Comes at tight end 11. And I feel like I should just leave it at that. Like, yep, okay. Foster Moreau's inside the top 12. Do with that what you will. I mean, seriously, at this point, I, 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 what analysis am I going to give you? It's a good match against the Rams. Okay. Uh, he, Darren Waller's not around. Hunter Hunterfoe's not around. Okay. That's the case it's been for the past month. We've had one good game out of Foster Moreau, and yet I can't rank him any lower than that. I'll pull up the names for you again. Foster Moreau 11. Hayden Hurst, who's probably not going to play this week, is sitting on my tight end 12 until he's rolled out. That'll get changed. Tyler Higby, tight end 13. Eh, he hasn't been involved since Matthew Stafford went down. Hunter Henry, we could consider him against Miami, but uh, this also could be the game where we decided to get Janu Smith back involved again because or just do nothing offensively because the Patriots have that option as well. Uh, Foster Road, 10-11. Do with that what you will. Let's move into our Be Cautious Of. Be Cautious Of. Maybe move to our Be Cautious Of. I was taking a while. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Yep, be cautious of him. Shucker. I've been crapping on him all night long. Uh, what's more surprising is it comes on my QB 16. And yeah, that's due to results. <laughs> Daniel, do you think there's any chance, being that Cincinnati and the game script we could have with Cleveland having to come back from behind, that he flips a switch or does something? Maybe with his legs? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, there's always a chance of something happening. It's the NFL. It's pretty unpredictable and the crazier things have happened, but I am not expecting it by any means. And if it does, then I will come on next week and tell you all about how I was wrong and maybe don't listen to me about Watson, (laughs) but I'm very, very unlikely that that happens. Yeah, totally agree. The reason I have just as much confidence as you do, which is next to zero it wasn't just that he was rusty. He looked bad throwing the football. His arm talent looked like it was non-existent. It wasn't just a rust issue. And that is what has me worried. That is why I don't know now. Because I was excited about guys like Amari Cooper and Donald Peoples Jones in, in particular for the playoff run with Deshaun Watson back, thinking maybe he could act as his Will Fuller. And now I'm just like, I got to see Deshaun Watson sell his arm talent. Because that's how bad that game was on Sunday. That's why I have very little confidence in it. Yeah. It's awful. Mike White comes in my QB 20. Now, a lot of people are going to probably raise an eyebrow to that. It's it's, it's Buffalo. It, it, it can get ugly in Buffalo. Here's the problem with, with what's going on with Mike White and his fantasy value against Buffalo. It's not just that it's a bad matchup. I mean, that's the easy thing to say. The Jets offensive line is really banged up. And that's a problem when you're going up against a front seven like this. And that's what has me a little bit concerned. This could be a 193-yard, one-touchdown performance. And what did we see last year? When Mike White got on the field for three to four games, all of a sudden he came back down to reality. This is a prime spot for something like that to happen 
yet again. That's why he comes in for me by QB 20. If he can't check, the vo- the volume might get him higher. The volume might get him higher, but he's not cracking my starting lineup. What do you think? Yeah, I don't feel super confident about him just in general because I know how these things go. It's always like starts off super high and everybody thinks that he's the newest Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes and like automatically pick him up on their fantasy team and then he just tanks the rest of the season and people are shocked. So just don't be shocked if you have him. If you have him and you want to play him, go ahead. But don't be shocked because I warned you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, be cautious of the Rams' backfield. Now, I know a lot of people are sitting there like, "Well, we might have a better option." You, you're gonna, have, you have better options than Cam Akers and, and Kyron Williams. Trust me. You don't even know which one's gonna get the ball. It looked like it was gonna be Kyron Williams' backfield, and all of a sudden, last week, Cam Akers gets 17 carries and two touchdowns, and Kyron Williams barely even on the field. Nobody knows what's going on with this Rams team right now. Just avoid it all together and save yourself the headache, especially on a Thursday night. I know it's against the Raiders. I do not care. Uh, and speaking of that, the same goes for Van Jefferson. So I'll just lump that into the same analysis right there. And then, of course, we get the DPJ. Now, this is weird for me because I do have DPJ ranked as a wide receiver 35, which typically speaking means you're in my flex category, which means usually you're at least in my lookout for a category. He is so dependent on a big play to do anything. I'd still, I, I think even because this week, because the way it's set up, I think the cutoff really for me is wide receiver 34. And that wide receiver 35, 36 aren't really in my radar for flex consideration. I'm looking at the running backs instead in that similar range. He had four targets last week. If it wasn't for that special teams punt return touchdown, which apparently you're going to need a play like that to get the value, I can't trust it this week. So yes, he's at wide receiver 35, but he's not in my lineup. Is he in yours? No, he is not. He's far from it. I'm probably going to pick up kind of anybody else but him at this point yeah one 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 hundred percent here we go uh we got some questions coming in i picked up watson just from gostert i picked up watson to block uh mike white almost got me doesn't look like he's going to be ready for fantasy so i'm about to drop him for foreman i have justin fields and geno smith absolutely good job fields yeah, you're you're good to go. You've Geno Smith oh. to get you through this week, and you have Justin Fields for the playoff. You're oh, yeah. you're good to go. Go ahead and drop him and go get for him. Yeah, Deshaun Watson. I mean, I I know if you if you, if you drafted him, Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And you waited this time, or if you picked him up early in the season, you waited this time. It was hard for you to one not play him last week, and two, it's going to probably be hard for you to drop him in most cases, unless you're Gostar here who has other options to be able to go to. I get the frustration, but that's just where we're at right now. My last be cautious of is Tyler Conklin. You don't play tight ends against the Buffalo Bills. Period. Okay, so let's take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we got three more matchups we want to talk about. For today's show. So, everybody, stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. Football is back, baby. And our new sponsor, True Classic, wants you to look and feel your best even after a couple of brewskis or going full force on your fantasy football draft. Sure, it's football season, but it's also butt to couch season. 
Luckily, True Classic has the absolute best-fitting clothing a man can buy. Snug in the arms and chest with a little extra space in the torso, their t-shirts are designed to keep you cozy and highlight your best assets no matter what you're up to. So if your special someone is upset that you're watching football all day, at least you can look good doing it. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men find the perfect fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six packs, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. Fellas, you are wearing the wrong clothes. True Classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt you can always confidently throw on. It's about time to get your fit together, so upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic and get 25% off at trueclassic.com with promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. If there's one bet you should make this football season, it's on True Classic. True Classic, look good, feel good. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome back in to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Subscribe if you have not done so already. That way you get notified when we have new content available to you. And you can stay up to date with the show when you download us on your favorite podcast app. Please give us that five-star review. It helps us out a big way. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, with my co-star, Danielle Dubois. And we are talking about the first half preview of week 14, the last week of the fantasy football regular season. It's finally here. The make or break time, the time we have prepared for all season long. All right, we got three matchups to talk about in this second half segment. We got the Minnesota Vikings against the Detroit Lions, the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Tennessee Titans, and the Philadelphia Eagles versus the New York Giants. So let's go ahead and get right in to our be cautious of players for these matchups. I keep losing the drop here. I'm so disorganized. It's ridiculous. You think after a whole season, you know exactly where I have everything. Obvious starters. Welcome back, Captain Obvious. Yes, I am. Bear with us. I do have a few questions coming in, though. Um, well, one's just a statement, I guess, and the other one's an actual question. What's Kittle's outlook? <sighs> so I'm actually going to get into this a little bit tomorrow's show. Um, here's the thing. You got to look at the tight end position. And just based on talent, there's no way George Kittle's not going to stay within my top 10. But with Brock Purdy, am I concerned? Yeah, very concerned. Everything with Brock Purdy has to stay within five to seven yards of the line of scrimmage. That bodes very well and has to go over the middle of the field. That bodes very well for Debo Samuel. And that bodes very well for Christian McCaffrey. George Kittle was usually either blocking or trying to stretch the seam. And Brandon Ayuk playing on the outside perimeter that does not help them at all. You have to hope for touchdowns in that situation. Uh, Daniel, what do you what do you think what the outlook is for uh, for Brock Purdy and what that means for the rest of the weapons? 
Yeah, it's not looking too great for them. I think that he will get the job done, but for people like Ayuk and Kittle, like you mentioned, it's going to be a little bit rougher for them to actually get fantasy points at the production that they were getting beforehand. So, I mean, if you have them, you're going to start them because it's a tight end and you're not going to get somebody else because the tight end and it's George Kittle. You're not going to drop George Kittle or put him on your bench. So you're going to play him, but maybe don't feel great about it because you know what could happen. Yeah, unfortunately, he's part of like a handful of players that are kind of caught in this catch-22 situation where they're, they're too good to really take out of your lineups or drop or anything like that, but not really performing well over the past you know few weeks, uh, which can make things very difficult at this part of the season. I get it. But yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. All right, okay, so let's, let's steer back into our obvious starters. And my number one quarterback on the week, as I mentioned earlier in the show, is Jalen Hurts. He was the offensive player of the week to no surprise he can just do it all, plain and simple. Uh, let's move into the running backs, though. A little more interesting here. So I do have Derrick Henry as my RB2, and I do have Dalvin Cook as my RB5. And some people might be asking, well, okay, Derrick Henry was disappointing last week, but he gets Jacksonville this week. So I think that will alleviate a lot of the issues there. In Dalvin Cook's case, it's a little more interesting. Detroit on paper is a good matchup for the season. But what they're not telling you is over the past month, this is a top 10 defense against the running backs. It's been a very different defense as of late. It's been a little bit difficult. They already held down a cook and check once already. However, I think this game might be one of the high shootouts of the week. You can throw the ball in Minnesota. We'll talk about more about that when I have when I get to my Jared Goff ranking. And Detroit's offense, now that it has a lot of his pieces back, seem to be back and humming and moving around like they did earlier in the season. And this game is in Detroit, which bodes well for them. So in a high-scoring matchup, I have little concern because Dalvin Cook has been a monster in the red zone over the past few weeks, over the past month in particular. Very good chance he scores a touchdown, and that's why I'm locking him inside my top five. But Daniel, you have any concerns about what his ceiling may be this week? Not necessarily. I think he's, he's great, and you're going to start him because obviously there's nobody else you'd rather start if you have him on your team. And he's great. He's had great production the past month, like you said. He's put up great fantasy points throughout the season. He's had a little bit of a disappointment against Dallas and New England, but that happens every once in a while. He rebounded against the Jets last week, so I'm not too concerned about him going forward. Yeah, we had a follow-up statement to our George Kittle question on the waiver wire for Gostard here. He has Moreau, Henry, Conklin, and Fan. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Those options are not going to make me move off of George Kittle. That's that's the whole problem right there. Uh, getting on to our obvious starts at the wide receiver position, Justin Jefferson comes in my wide receiver two. St. Brown, who's been on fire, comes in my wide receiver five. And then A.J. Brown does come in my wide receiver seven. A.J. Brown's kind of a curious case. He's always going to be in my top 10, always going to probably be in my top eight for the most part. He is a wide receiver one, but he's not as consistent as those other wide receivers are on a week-to-week basis of being a wide receiver one. And when they're playing against a team like the Giants, who have been shockingly good against wide receivers in passing games all year long, it does leave me feeling a little uneasy about what my ceiling actually is out of an A.J. Brown. And that's kind of why, like last week I had him as a top five guy. This week I got him down at wide receiver seven. He always has to be the wide receiver one. He's always going to be in your lineups. But maybe, maybe 
you're tempering expectations ever so slightly, at least on my part. Danielle, are you tempering any of your expectations for A.J. Brown? Yeah, I've had very mixed feelings about him just because of the inconsistency that he's had throughout the season. He had 31 points last week, which is insane, and I just was not necessarily expecting that. I expected him to do well, but not 31 fantasy points well. But then he's had 12 and 9 points at one point. And so it's just, it's very hard to figure out what kind of A.J. Brown you're going to get. So, I mean, ultimately you're going to play him, but it is very odd to figure out what kind of production you're going to be seeing from him this week against the Giants. Hopefully he can get around 15, 16 points, but I'm not really too sure about what he can do this week. Yeah, and it's almost a, almost a guarantee this season that when he's had a big game, he follows it up with a mediocre-ish performance. And the only reason we bring this up is not to talk you out of playing A.J. Brown, obviously. It's to let you know, okay, if you're in your flex position, we've been going through what your flex options may be, if you feel like you're in a position where you need to take a shot, a home run threat to kind of help make up the difference, that's something you may need to do. It's about roster construction when we talk about these guys that obviously are in your lineup but maybe we have some concerns about what their overall ceiling expectations could be any given week. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is our obvious start at the tight end position for this group. And it hasn't been, you know, since his first week or two at Minnesota, it hasn't been super gaudy numbers, but what has not changed is the target share. And ultimately that's all it takes right now to be a top three tight end in my book. What do you think? Yeah. If you're getting consistent amount of targets, good job. You're on the list for a starter and get tight end. And it will be interesting for the narrative, at least, going against the Lions, where he came from. I think that would be a little bit interesting. I don't know if that will make anything a little bit more different with the way they want to use him, if they want to try to sneak him in a touchdown just because of the narrative. But you never know. It could be a great game for him to come back and play his old team and maybe like have a great game against them. I hope. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, it should be should be a nice revenge game for him in a, a high in a high shooting and high scoring game. What at least that's what I'm anticipating it to be. Anyway, uh, let's move here into. Oh, we got our lock em ins actually to come up next. Lock them in. It's a lock. So speaking of that game and my expectation of it being a high scoring game, Kirk Cousins cracks my top not just top ten but top eight this week, and. He's always been what they need him to be so far this season. They need Cousins to throw the ball 35, 40 times and spread it around and lean on the pass game to win. He's been able to do that pretty effectively. If they just need their running game and their defense to win a game and Kirk Cousins to throw the ball just 25 times and just be a game manager, he's been able to do that pretty effectively. It has been the greatest for fantasy standpoint. He he didn't have the ceiling that I expected him to have with Justin Jefferson and Kevin O'Connell taking over. We didn't see the pop that we normally see out of a Kirk Cousins where he usually usually has like a string of six games where he's like the QB one overall. Like we didn't really get that this year. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're... 
team ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. But he has been a low-end QB1 pretty consistently for the most part this year. He does have some upside playing against Detroit, so I'm locking him in as my QB8. Yeah, he's pretty consistently average is how I like to have him. I have him on my team, and if for some reason I need to play him over Tom Brady because of matchups, I will. Or if Tom Brady's just really bad, I'll play him, and that's how I've been going about the season. So not super like thrilled about him, but he is consistently average, and that is all we need for him. So here we go to the running back position. Here's a lock him in for you. You have to lock him in. But maybe, maybe a little bit, a little bit leery, a little bit worried. But I do have his lock him in nonetheless. That's Saquon Barkley. I do have him at RB ten. So you locking him in as an RB one. So I didn't move him out to my lookout for section because that's too high to move him there. But I got some concerns. It's been four weeks since he's gone over hundred yards from scrimmage. He's playing an Eagles defense that, with Jordan Davis, is one of the best run defenses in the NFL. It makes a huge difference when he's on the field. We saw it this past week, if you need to be reminded of it. I don't know if Saquon Barkley's wearing down or if the Giants offensive line with all their injuries has been the problem. Whatever the case may be, I think you're going to need Saquon Barkley to score, which, of course, with his volume and his involvement in the offense, he's a decent chance of doing if they get inside the five. But if he doesn't score that touchdown, there's a chance for a really low floor here out of Barkley. Are you concerned at all, Danielle? Yeah, I am a little bit concerned going into this matchup. It is a super mat- hard matchup for him on paper. But obviously, if you have him, you're not going to bench him. It, there's six games on a bye week. We've mentioned that many times. You just can't afford to be benching Saquon Barkley at this point. Because also, we know how well he can do. So it is concerning because of the defense. But also, we know the potential he has. And even though he's been in a little bit of a weird streak with the offensive line over there, he did get 19 points last week against the Commanders, who just seemingly to be, be they're good now, which is kind of random that they've been moving up in their rankings. So I am a little weary about it, but I have confidence that he can shine. Travis Etienne comes into my RB18. We got him locked in as a top 20 player. The good thing about Etienne is that whether Trevor Lawrence plays or doesn't play, it benefits him either way. If Trevor Lawrence does play, then the offense might be in better scoring positions. If he doesn't play, then they're going to lean on Travis Etienne all that more in the volume game. So while it's not a great match against Tennessee, either way, I have feel pretty confident about him being a locked-in RB2. Here's a guy that we want to talk about, DeAndre Swift. The highest I've had him ranked since week one, and he comes in at my RB12. Let me get the scroll out the way so you can actually see it. Finally, for the first time in forever, it feels like, I actually got this guy ranked ahead of Jamal Williams, who, by the way, is still at my RB14 because the guy gets a touchdown every single week, so you have to continue to play him as an RB2. But Swift finally had more snaps. He finally had more touches. He looked good. The trifecta. The only thing that's got me a little leery now is he pops up on the injury report with a limited session today. 
So it's like the second he finally got the workload back, he gets a little bit banged up. Now, most of the time when a running back has a limited session on a Wednesday, I'm not worried about their availability or what their workload would be. But because of DeAndre Swift sneezes the wrong way, Dan Campbell may yank him and give him single digit touches again. I have to be a little bit concerned about it to some degree. So Danielle, are you going to stick with me on having Swift ranked ahead of Jamal Williams right now this week? Or you're, are you a little bit worried now that he's a little bit banged up? I am a little bit worried just because of the way we've seen this season go where he was injured and then just never quite fit back into his old self, which was really disappointing for every single person who had him on his on their fantasy team, including me. So it's been a really hard season as a Swift owner for all of us. And I'm just a little bit worried going into this week because if he is a little bit banged up and a little bit injured, they will want to use Williams more than Swift to prevent any further serious injuries from him. Hopefully he's fine, but it is a little bit worrisome. And we'll just kind of need to wait and see how the rest of the week goes. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. But if he's out there, there is reason to have more high hopes for DeAndre Swift moving forward with what we've seen lately. Uh, my lock in wide receiver is Christian Kirk. Now, this might change if Lawrence doesn't play. That that will have a big effect on that. Assuming Lawrence is able to go, though, it's a great match against Tennessee. Kirk has been featured pretty... I mean, he's one of the most consistent receivers that we're going to come away with in fantasy football the, this season. So I have no concerns about him. I actually have him as a wide receiver 10 right now going into the week. Now, if he missed, that Trevor Lawrence misses, and it's C.J. Beathard, which as a 49ers fan, I can tell you firsthand is no good. Kirk will still be somebody that I'm playing as a wide receiver too, but I won't be nearly as confident on him. So we'll have to wait and see what the Lawrence injury is, but let's assume for a second Lawrence is able to play. Are you as confident as I am to have Christian Kirk at the top 10 receiver? Yeah, I like him. I actually just picked him up in one of my leagues yesterday and I am thrilled about it. I am so excited for him and hopefully just he has a really great game and I'm Praying that Lawrence does play for my own playoff hopes. I'm really hoping that that because that will really elevate me if I have Christian Kirk and he goes off because I just have such confidence in him. He's been great. And for some reason, nobody else picked him up. And I don't understand why they didn't see that talent that we're seeing, but I'm okay with it. No, no, what what league is this? Is this that four-team league that you're in? No, no. It's a 10-person <laughs> league, which is insane. And the Christian Kirk is available on the waiver wire. Yes, I think – I don't really know what happened. Somebody had some weird trading and somehow I think got misplaced from somebody's team, but I snuck in before they can get them back on their team. All right, Daniel, this is what you're going to do. Team, you're so. going to invite me into your leagues next year because I just, I, I need to be in those leagues because I want to win some money. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty <laughs> comical watching it compared to the leagues that you seem to be having because nobody really knows what they're doing. And I seem to just kind of sneak in at the best moments and grab the players that, Nobody sees coming. So yeah, I love leagues where nobody knows what's going on because then you win, and that's it's just that much easier. So yeah, you're going to invite exactly. me to some of these leagues next year. They All right, let's go to our lookout. <laughs> Very casual ones at that. Let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> let's let's go to our lookout for. Look out for. Coming in my QB ten, it is Mister Jared. Golf. So we're already talking about this. They're, they're back in Detroit. That's that's check one. 
because with, with golf, there has to be a few checks before you can pass the uh, top 12 list. That's check one. They're at home. Check two. They're healthy. And they're playing like it. They're back with pace over the past couple of weeks. We've seen it. Over the past two weeks, he's been the QB 10 over that time as a direct result from that. Check three. Matchup's good. The Vikings are getting up the eighth most points to the quarterback position this year. And then check four, not that we always need it, but there is a check four expecting high point game script. Jared Goff's the top 10 quarterback for me. What do you think? Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily put him at a top 10 position, but I do think he would be a good person to play this week because of what we've seen from him in the past two weeks and because of the matchup. He had 21 points against Jacksonville last week, which is pretty good for a quarterback, and he's going against the Vikings. So I would feel pretty confident in starting him. I don't necessarily think I would have him, though, in the top 10. Ghostar coming in and said uh, he dropped Christian Kirk because he's had three receivers in the top 10. Ghostar, I want you to uh, invite me to your leagues too next year. So we'll just keep that, keep that tab rolling. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is my QB 13. Again, assuming he actually is active and, and playing, he makes him a streaming option, obviously this week, but with the injury, the mobility definitely comes off the table and we could easily see Tennessee and Derrick Henry kind of roll over them with the rushing game, limiting the amount of snaps that they have. That's why outside of Christian Kirk and Travis Etienne, I don't know if there's enough volume for everybody to eat. And if Lawrence doesn't have his legs, I don't really like his ceiling. So while he's been, for the most part, a top 12 quarterback so far this season, does come outside of my top 13, even if he is active this week. Yeah, I don't necessarily think I'd be starting him if I had him or if I had recently picked him up. I'd probably go with a different option this week just because if he does play, it's not going to be his full 100% self. Also, does not have as many weapons as some of those other teams and players do. So I wouldn't necessarily start him this week, but if you have to, go ahead. Here's three receivers to look out for, and they're all kind of in that same territory. I got Devonta Smith at wide receiver 21. I got Adam Thielen at wide receiver 25 and Zay Jones at wide receiver 33. What do they all have in common? They're all the second fiddle guys on their teams. So we already have that added in unpredictableness of do you actually get featured this week or not. That's part of it. And Zay Jones's case, again, the Lawrence thing comes into play and we, and also his own health. And last week he's a little bit banged up and we saw him make one drastic drop. And of course, also part of his Christian Kirk more times not is going to be featured as such. And that plays a role too with Adam Thielen. He's got to deal with Justin Jefferson. He's got to deal with the fact that he needs to score a touchdown in his own right for him to have a fancy output. DC get chance against Detroit, but still you're dealing with a high floor to ceiling ratio. And then Devonta Smith matchups tough. Tar consolidation works in his favor with no Dallas Goddard for at least one more week. The other thing that kind of works in his favor is the whole thing we talked about with A.J. Brown, who typically is inconsistent this year. When he has a big game, he follows it up with kind of a dead performance that should lead Devonta Smith being okay. But Devonta Smith last week, his 100-yard, one-touchdown performance, the first one he had since week seven. So he's been wildly inconsistent too. So, Danielle, what's your take on all three of these guys who I have, frankly, ranging as low in wide receiver two, high in wide receiver threes? Yeah, it's really, really hard to say if, to, for me to tell you guys if I would start one of them or not because 
depending on your teams and depending on the bye weeks, you're probably forced to start at least one of these players and don't feel super confident in it. And I wouldn't either. I actually have to start feeling in one of my leagues and I'm pretty bummed out about it because I know it's probably going to be a seven point performance and it's going to be brutally underwhelming because I had such high hopes for him <laughs> that that's a different story though. If I were to choose one from the list though, to feel the most confident, I definitely would say Smith just because he got hurts and he is a great wide receiver by himself. Just very wildly inconsistent. I feel the most confident though about him out of all of those three. My, my ranking agrees with you. Let's go to our be cautious of be cautious of. There's no reason to play Ryan Tannehill. So we can move on, especially if he doesn't have Traylon Burks. We can move on from that. Be cautious of Darius Slayton. You're going to be tempted to play Darius Slayton. He's had a couple good weeks. There's no other wide receivers for the Giants who can make plays. But he comes in for me at my wide receiver 40. He is not my flex consideration at all. Can't play him against the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe he's able to pull a Terry McLaurin and he still has a good game anyway. But I'm not taking that chance against this defense. This is a game that has Daniel Jones throwing the ball for 20 times and completing 10 of them for 120 yards. And you wind up getting stuck with a abysmal performance. It has that written all over this game for me. They've given up the fifth least amount of points to the wide receivers and their defense just got better this past week. I don't know how you play Darius Slayton, but Danielle, do you think there's a, a, a reality in which you may have to? Oh, I mean, I don't know what everybody's teams look like. And if it's really coming down to it, and that is literally the only wide receiver you can play, then yeah, have fun. But if you have literally any other person, I would most likely be playing them because this matchup should be horrendous for him. And I have no hopes in him doing anything productive with it. And if he does, then good for him. And I applaud him because that was a very tough job to do against the Eagles. No, 100%. If you, if you get it, it's it's pure luck. DFS standpoint, want to take a shot? Sure, go for it. Head-to-head, redraft. I don't really want to do it. All right, it's time for the mailbag. The mail's here. It's really easy to get on the mailbag segment. All you got to do, hit us up on social media, at Show. Give us a question. We'll answer that question, and then I'll take a few of my favorite ones and put them here on the show. So, uh, Danielle, you want to read these off for me? Yeah, so the first question is B-Dub Fantasy, and B-Dub Fantasy asks Kirk or Cooper this week. Yeah, uh, good two options to have, and my easy answer is Christian Kirk, because I trust if Lawrence is healthy, I trust the quarterback more, plain and simple. Yeah, if Lawrence is playing, I would choose Kirk. If not, it's a little bit tougher of it does a post-it. choice. But well, answer that question. Then. If, it's, if it's not Lawrence, who would you choose then? This is purely based off of the wide receiver and not the quarterback. I would have to say Cooper if Lawrence doesn't play, just because I trust Cooper more in what he can do after a reception than Christian Kirk, just because I know that Cooper has that experience. But if if Trevor Lawrence isn't playing, I don't think you can necessarily go too wrong with either one. No, I, I agree with you. If, if Lawrence does not play... I will likely have Christian Kirk ranked below Amari Cooper this given week. And it goes back to what I said about Cooper and what, what the good news was. The good news was he had 11 targets. When CJ Bathar comes in there, I don't know who's getting the ball. 
I don't know how much of an emphasis is going to be on the passing game in general. So I will take that. I will probably have Kirk ranked a spot or two below Cooper if Lawrence is not out there. But if Lawrence is playing, it's an easy decision for me. All right, what's the next one? A loose man. A loose man, I think. We're going to go with it. Yeah. Uh, Ask Pacheo or Camara week 15. Yeah. Well, the good news is a loose man or a loose man or whoever you are, uh, you're definitely in the playoffs if you're asking week 15 questions. So congratulations to you first and foremost. This is an interesting question because it's funny. Just today on social media, I put out there, if you have Alva Kamara and you happen to make the fantasy playoffs with Alva Kamara, are you going to play him week 15? Because it's been so abysmal. And right now, his value hinders only on his name and nothing else. But we got the news about Mark Ingram being out for the rest of the season, which does play a role. And I know, I'm trying to pull it up here real quickly, because I know Alvin Kamara and the Saints, they have a very good matchup. I believe it's Atlanta that week 15. And therefore, between Mark Ingram being out and the matchup, it's going to be very hard to bench Alvin Kamara knowing what he can do for you. And it is, in fact, Atlanta. On the flip side, I do want to throw this out there. Kansas City plays Houston. And if Isaiah Pacheco is still the lead ball carrier, that's a pretty juicy matchup in its own right. So here's my thing. Here's what you're looking for in Week 14. Does Melvin Gordon make an appearance? If he does, and this becomes anything more than just Pacheco and Jerick McKinnon, it becomes real easy for you. If not, I might lean Pacheco. It's not because I doubt Alvin Kamara's talent against a good matchup in Atlanta. It's because I doubt the usage of him. They do not make it a point of emphasis to get him involved in the passing game. For whatever reason, we already had three games without Mark Ingram earlier this year. And other than the one game against the Raiders... Al Kamara didn't do anything with it. It didn't matter. It was the same we've seen over the past few weeks with Mark Ingram in the backfield. I will probably have Isaiah Pacheco ranked ahead of Alvin Kamara come week 15, believe it or not. That's not going to be a popular thing to say, but what, do you, what are you going to go with there, Danielle? I, when you first started talking, I thought you were going to be all for Kamara, and I was going to actually have to disagree with you, and I thought it was going to be a huge <laughs> debate, but I guess not. Um, I am fully leaning on Pache- Pacheco. Pacheco. I can't pronounce the name apparently. Pacheco. That week, just purely because the matchup is great. Also, we've just seen really great things from him later on in this season. And the Saints don't value Kamara at all, apparently, anymore. And he went from being literally one of the best running backs to a name that people say, oh, yeah, I remember when he was good. And that's not what you want from him when he has that much talent left. I know it was be tempting to always start Kamara, but at that point in the season, you might as well go with Pacheco. Yeah, and that's why that was a fully loaded question there. It was a good one. All right, let's wrap this up with the last question. Brayton asks Dak or Huntley slash White? Well, White's definitely out of the question for me. We already talked about him being the QB 20. I have Dak ranked one spot ahead of Tyler Huntley this week. So my advice would be typically that you you play Dak because I go with the guy who's ranked a little bit higher. But I would say this is situational. If you find yourself in a position this week, if you need a win, let's say, you got to look at your opponent. If you feel like you just need a floor performance against your opponent, you just need a guy who's not going to dud you out, then I would say stick with Dak Prescott there in that spot. If you need a guy with some upside, play Tyler Huntley. 
Because while it's questionable what he gives you in the passing game outside of we know he's going to target the crap out of Mark Andrews, we know he's going to run and run as much as he possibly can. Because those are the only two things he can do is throw the ball at Mark Andrews and take off and run. He will have a bigger ceiling than a Dak Prescott who, again, might get relegated to 2025 pass attempts just due to game script against Houston. So if you need a floor performance, you go ahead and stick with Dak because Tyler Huntley could dodge you out against Pittsburgh. But if you need some upside, I'm, I would swing with Huntley. That, that, and they're close to my rankings to begin with anyway. So, Danielle, where would you lean? I'm leaning towards Dak mainly based off of the matchup because that is pretty – that's mainly what I'm looking at with two quarterbacks that are similarly ranked. Just because Huntley is playing Pittsburgh, I don't feel super great about that, especially with Watt being back. With Watt being back, their defense looks a lot better, and I – would not necessarily trust a quarterback who would get sacked multiple times by Watt in a week. So I'd lean towards Zach. All right, there you go. That does it for the show, guys. Hope you all enjoyed it. We'll be back tomorrow at 10 p.m. Eastern for the Clairvoyant Thursday. Chris Dowhower will be joining with me on that show. And we'll be back again at 10 p.m. Eastern on Friday for the Cashing Friday. Chaz Florida will join the second half of the show as he always does. So we can cash some tickets, get our DFS tournament going. It is December, which means the John Randall autographed NFL Top 100 jersey is the giveaway for this month. We are going to be sending out the Bill Bates jersey, which was won by Brian A. Killian for November. We'll be sending that out uh, this weekend. I'm hoping to get that into the UPS store and out to you then. Uh, But yeah, we got another content. And this is going to be the last giveaway for the year. So make sure you take advantage of it. All we want is your participation. You can join the free link on DraftKings, which is on our social media feeds at Show, or you can go to flex.fan slash bellyupff. Look for the MDFF show in the arena. Take Challenge us there. And if you win, your name will go into the wheel of names at the end of the month. Uh, Danielle, what do you got coming up? Where can we follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at Danielle Dubois. And other than that, I don't have anything too much coming up. I'll be back here next Wednesday. Excellent. Can't wait for that. Guys, take care. Have a lovely evening. And everybody stay safe. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.